Thanks for listening to our messages from Southbridge Fellowship. For additional resources and information on connecting people to Jesus for life change, visit us online at southbridgefellowship.com. Merry Christmas! Can you believe it's here? Can you believe it's actually Christmas? Feels like just yesterday we were worshiping here, uh, getting ready for Christmas. I guess it was. Uh, we've still got some folks coming in. If you've got any seats by you, if you could scoot in, that'd be awesome. And maybe wave your hand as the ushers are looking for some seats. We are glad that you decided to join us uh, for your part of your Christmas experience as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're a guest with us, um, this is our first time ever having a worship experience for Christmas Eve at this facility. This is our new campus as a church, and so we rejoice in being able to be here. We're thankful that you're joining us. We normally meet at 9 o'clock and 11 on Sundays. This coming Sunday, we're only going to have an 11 o'clock service. We're going to have brunch together at 10 o'clock, and you're welcome to come to that. We'd be glad to have you. Uh, But what we've been doing as a church is we've been doing a series that went with that video you just saw called God on Mission. We've been asking the question, why did Jesus come? Of course, we gather together at a Christmas Eve service, and we talk about the fact that Jesus came, but we want to ask the question, why did Jesus come? And, And over the last few weeks, I've talked with our congregation about different traditions that we celebrate, and I asked a, a couple weeks ago, how many of you here, you know, put lights on your house, and we had different people. I went by one of our members' houses, and that dude blew Clark Griswold away. Like, he had the time system and the music over in Brandon Station, when you go check that out. I asked yesterday, I said, how many of you celebrate Christmas by watching Christmas movies, and it was a bunch of people. We voted in the second service. If you weren't in the second service, uh, you didn't know this, this is a church-wide announcement. Die Hard is officially a Christmas movie. No, at this church, in this community. All right, some people are happy about that. It's really about Jesus. If you, you gotta look real close though, so go back and watch it. But there are different traditions that, that we celebrate when it's Christmas time. I think of all the holidays, Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, all this stuff, there's more traditions for Christmas than all the other holidays perhaps put together. And so just to get to know each other a little bit better, I want to ask you, uh, you know, we're probably most of us here are going to give gifts to one another tonight or tomorrow at some point. Of course, it makes sense, right? It's Jesus' birthday. We should give each other gifts. That totally makes sense. Get that. Sarcasm. Uh, but we all do it. And so I just wonder, how many of you give gifts on Christmas Eve? You gave them earlier today, you're going to give them tonight, you're going to do that. How many of you are like, die hard, I'm not going to give Christmas, no pun to the movie, you're not going to give gifts until tomorrow morning. You wait till tomorrow morning for all the gifts. Okay, it's your tradition. How many of you here for a Christmas tradition do family pictures? Yeah. You want, you're like, uh, should I say it? Uh, like the hands are real, it was before they popped right up. That was just kind of weird uh, the way y'all responded if you watched the room. Uh, anybody here do anything with fruitcake that's not a joke uh, for, for that? Anybody? Anybody do fruitcake? I see that. Put that hand down. Uh, got it over here. Thank you. All right. Oh. I, you know, there are a lot of things that we do, Christmas trees and give gifts and family pictures, like all this stuff. But I started reading some of the things that are done around the world this year as we were talking about traditions as a, as a church together. And I read that in the Netherlands, they actually have this thing where kids will put their shoes by the fireplace, hoping that the next morning there'll be a treat in their shoes, which sounds like my kids would do that if I told them, hey, if you put your shoes by the, they'd actually organize their shoes. I think if they thought they were getting a treat, that would happen. But listen to what the treat is. Carrots. Carrots in their shoes. I thought to myself, what are they doing in the Netherlands? Because I need a parenting book. I can't even trick my kids into eating carrots. But here they're hoping for carrots because they behaved well. (laughs) Are you kidding me? But then I thought, I've smelled kids' shoes. I wouldn't eat those carrots. 
in Iceland, they have a tradition in Iceland, they believe in the Yule Cat. You can Google this, we've got a picture to represent the Yule Cat here. The Yule Cat is a cat that they say actually, that's a big cat. That's a, I think that's actually a Kentucky Coon, but it was the closest we could get in, in that time we had. The Yule Cat is a legendary cat in Iceland that will eat people who don't have new clothes for Christmas Eve. <laughs> Marketer, I don't know who came up with that, but that, that's a tradition they have there. In Japan, did you know that in Japan, Christmas is not actually a national holiday. However, on Christmas Eve, it's a tradition there that you order Kentucky Fried Chicken. And people order it like two months in advance. It's like a huge deal. And I, and I saw that, when I read that, I thought to myself, why? Why are they, do they not even know about Bojangles? Like why? Why Kentucky Fried Chicken? Of all the chicken you could pick too. I don't, I don't understand why. And I was thinking about the carrots, I thought why? I thought about the Yule Cat, why? I thought about this, why? And then you start thinking about, well, why do we do the things we do? Like I asked you, you know, different traditions you have. How many, and I don't want to start a fight with anybody, but how many of you have an artificial tree you put in your house? How many real tree people, real tree people? It's about half and half, it seemed like. Why in the world do we do that? Like, I'm not asking the history of how it happened, but wh why? Why do we do Like, I thought about it for us. We put a real tree in our house. We did uh, artificial tree for a long time. I was a proponent of that. It's more efficient. There aren't needles everywhere. Then my wife's like, we, I love the smell. We've got to get the tree. And I'm like, we're going to a tree farm. We're going to give them $50 to $100 for something we know is dead. We're going to bring it into our house, put it on life support, a bucket. The dog's going to drink out of it like all month. And the breath smells better. It smells more like pine than it does whatever else their breath smells like. And, and, and then at the end of the month, the day after Christmas, it's like needles in the carpet. You can't get rid of them until Easter. It's like, get that thing out of my house. Why do we do that? Some of you said that one of your traditions is family pictures. Do you like to fight? Like, why do, why do you do that? Why do you, why? And fruitcake, why? Just, that's just a why. I don't even have to say anything else. Just fruitcake, Why? There, there are a lot of, if we start to evaluate it, there are a lot of why questions. And for a lot of people, coming to a service like this at Christmas time is a tradition. Well, why do you come? And, and, and we tell the story, and I'm going to read the passage, and I'm not going to disappoint you. I'm going to read one of the Christmas passages, Luke chapter 2 in just a moment, a familiar passage. And we could talk about it from the perspective of the shepherds, or from Mary and Joseph, or from Jesus, but why did it even happen? And that's the question that we've been asking in this series, is why did Jesus come? It begins to get answered in Luke chapter 2. If you brought a Bible, you can turn there with me, but if not, the verses, just like we do on Sunday morning, will be up on the screen. Uh, what's happened in the story up to this point, I'm going to read verses 8 through 14 for you tonight. So far, Mary has already received the announcement that she's never been with a man, but she's going to have a child, and there's the, the scandal of that, a virgin with child, but not only that, the bigger scandal, Emmanuel, the creator, is going to become part of his creation. Why? And Joseph's going to divorce her, but then an angel visits him, and he gets the news, and they go on a journey, about a hundred-mile, three-day journey to Bethlehem. There's no room in the inn. That's all happened. But now the announcement. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel, just one, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace 
among those with whom he is pleased. These are famous words, probably the most famous words of all the Christmas story. This is probably the passage that gets read more than any other passage at Christmas time. This is the passage that I'll read to, to my kids tomorrow morning before we open the presents. And they, sometimes you just view it as a hurdle, and you've heard it so many times, you just want to get to the next thing. And if you've heard it a bunch of times, can I challenge you to right now just for these next couple moments? Think about it in a new way. We oftentimes talk about how Jesus came in such humble circumstances. He's a child. He's a baby. God became a baby. Born, there's no room in the inn. A bunch of livestock. And all that's humble. It's true. But this announcement isn't humble. I mean, you've probably seen some different birth announcements that are given on social media now, and people are trying to be creative and do various different things. And some of your minds pop to the ones that you most recently saw, but none of them hold a candle to this. And what happened here, this is not a humble announcement. Try and imagine being one of these shepherds. In order to do that, too, you've got to imagine being one of the most despised people in all society. We oftentimes romanticize shepherds in the Bible. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. If you're a spiritual leader, you're supposed to shepherd the people. But there was only one class of people lower than shepherds in the Bible. It was lepers. So you imagine you're a shepherd. You're sitting out. It's nighttime. They're probably sitting by a fire. What do you do at a fire? You tell stories. They're telling their stories to each other. Maybe they're talking about how ironically they're watching over these sheep. They're going to be sacrificed in the temple for the religious people that are allowed to go to the temple because shepherds weren't. And ironically, they're overseeing the religious people's sheep that will be sacrificed for their sins. And they can't go. And they got a story. Don't, don't forget this. Everybody has a story. Everybody here today will be tempted to think about somebody, you'll see somebody else's family, you'll see somebody else and think they must have it all together or they don't have it all together. Just know everybody here has a story. And they're sitting out by their fire and they're sharing their stories. And what did it say they were doing? They were keeping watch. What were they watching for? They're probably watching for thieves, watching for lions, watching for bears. They weren't watching for angels. So imagine you're out there, you're telling your story, you're hanging out with your buddies, other outcasts. It's dark. And it says the glory of the Lord shone around them. (laughs) That's why no birth announcement has anything on this. God dwells in unapproachable light, and he allows some of it to shine through into into our creation. An angel, there's only one. It only takes one angel to deliver the message. An angel gives them the good news. But then there's a host of angels that respond. How many angels? Does anybody know how many angels are in a host of angels? I don't know. I'm wondering if you know. Like, I don't know. There's a, I'm just guessing it's a lot. Like, there's a lot of angels there responding to the news. But did you see what the, the news? The news says, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Imagine what that sounds like to a shepherd. All the people, even the people that aren't allowed to go to the synagogue, all the, no matter what their story, all the people, here's the reality. This news is good news for every kind of person. Whatever your story, Democrat people, Republican people, yep, they're both in this room too, don't touch each other. (laughs) Every part of the social, economic, wherever you can name, gay, straight, educated, never been to school, white, black, yellow, brown, pick a color, all people. This is good news for all people. And what's the good news? It's this, that Jesus came Not to deliver good news. He came to be your good news. Jesus came to be your good news. If you look at those verses I just read to you, for those that brought your Bible, you'll see the angels are the messengers. See, Jesus is not a messenger of the message. 
Jesus is not a moral teacher. Jesus is not a religious example. He's not some philosopher for us. He, he wasn't just some, somebody out there that we can think was a good man. It's not possible. If you read the Bible, he is the good news that's being declared. Think about all the good news that's happened this year. A lot of times in the news, we focus on the bad news. Think about all the good news that's been out there. Some of you saw Meghan Markle's news this year. She got married to a guy named Prince Harry. It wasn't a Hallmark movie. It actually happened. For those of you who are pretending like you don't know what's going on out there, some of the guys were like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking Yeah, you took the day off of work and had a party. I got it. That was good news for her. She became a princess. Not only did she get married, she became a princess. There was a story of the mega millions. It was almost $1.6 billion. I heard that it was one person that won in South Carolina. It was good news for that guy. Everybody else is mad at him, but good news for him. The, probably the best news that I saw this whole year was about a 13-year-old boy in Alabama who was in an ATV accident, broke his skull, and I believe the article said uh, seven different places. It was in USA Today. His parents uh, had gotten to the point, his heart had stopped five times, his kidneys had stopped, and the doctors had come to them and said, the next time his heart stops, we need to turn the life support off. And so they actually signed the paperwork for him to be an organ donor, donate organs to five different people. And then unexplainable medically, according to what the article said in USA Today, before his heart stopped the next time, his, his whole medical condition reversed. And now he's got his total memory. He woke up talking. We've got a picture of him here. His name is Trenton McKinley, if you want to look the story up. Yeah, that's it's awesome. It's great news. The mom said in the article in USA Today that God did for my son what he did for his own son, brought him back from the dead. And that's great. And can you imagine being those parents thinking your son was dead? And getting, that's amazing. It's great, but it's just news to you and me. It's not our news. We didn't marry a prince. We didn't receive $1.6 billion. We didn't have our child given back. It's great news to hear the great news. And a lot of times that's how we act about the Christmas story. Yeah, it's good news. I believe that good news. Even the demons believe good news. And they're fearful of God. James says that. But is it your news? And why should it be? It's because of who he is. If you go one verse further, it's the only verse in the New Testament that has all three of these titles in one verse. It tells you who Jesus is. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, first title, who is Christ, second title, the Lord, third title. Now here's the reality. I could pronounce to you all the titles of Jesus. He's the Almighty God. He's the Nazarene. He's the firstborn of all creation. He is the Amen. Amen? He is the amen. That means he's true. He is the truth. He's the way. He's the life. He's the door. He's the great I am. He is the good shepherd. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is all of those things. But I can tell you, he is the Lord. He is the Christ. He is the Savior. But the question is, is he my Savior, my Lord, my Christ? Because that's what it is for him to be your good news. So it doesn't mean knowing all these titles. It means knowing him. Do you know him? See, Jesus didn't just come to be your good news, though. Did you see that in verse 10 it says that it's great joy? He came to be your great joy. Not just to give you, to be your great joy. In verse 10 it said, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And it's also all the time if you read the rest of the New Testament. It's the kind of joy that you can have even in trials. You see, tomorrow, people all over the world, regardless of what they believe, they're going to experience moments of joy. But if you're an adult, you know those moments go away. As much as they're anticipated, the moment comes and then the moment's gone. But the kind of joy the Bible talks about is a lasting joy. It's a fruit of knowing the Spirit of God kind of joy. It's the gift of joy that comes from Jesus Christ himself. 
Because that joy, it's a continual pleasure, and it's based on your position in Christ when you have him as your good news. See, biblical joy is a permanent pleasure based on your position in Christ. We don't have time to dig into it today, but there's a great story in Luke chapter 10 where where some people go out and they do a bunch of amazing things in the name of Jesus. And they come back and it says they've got great joy because of the things that they've been able to do. And then Jesus says, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your names are in heaven. Have joy in the fact that your position in Christ, if you know, if he is your good news. Now, I realize, talking about joy today, there are a lot of people that go through the holiday blues there are a lot of people that reflect at Christmas time. Think about all the difficulty that's happened over the last year. Sometimes it's because of unmanaged expectations. Sometimes it's financial pressure. Sometimes you've lost a loved one. Sometimes just life hasn't gone the way you wanted it to go. Do you know this kind of joy we're talking about here is the kind of joy you can have even through that? It doesn't mean you're rejoicing that bad stuff happens. But that when he is your good news, you realize that he's the one who took the worst circumstances ever in human history, the worst sin that ever took place. They killed God's son. And he turned that into the greatest news possible, your and my salvation. So that means he can take whatever's happened this past year in your life and use it ultimately for your good and his own glory. That's why you can have joy. But he didn't just come to be your joy and come to be your good news. He came to give you peace. Jesus came to bring you peace. Look at that passage. I'll read it one more time. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold... I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. This is how you'll know that it happened. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, here's where they all come in, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. So it's not peace for everybody. Not everybody has this peace. It's only peace for those with whom he's pleased, which asks the question then, with whom is he pleased? Who is that? Well, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It also tells us about peace with God. In Romans chapter 5, and verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. To be justified means to be seen as just. How is that possible? Because the Christmas story isn't about the Christmas story. The Christmas story is about the Easter story. It points us to, it's a pointer to what ends up happening is that Jesus Christ goes to the cross even though he never committed a sin. And he saves you. What's he saving you from? The wrath of God that's coming after you. And he dies on the cross to take on that wrath so that when he raises from the dead, he can offer you eternal life. And you can be seen as just, not because you are just, but because of what Jesus Christ did for you. How do you, how do you experience that, though? It's by faith. It's not just by knowing the good news. Can you imagine if the guy who won the $1.6 billion was told that, maybe his address was in the newspaper, I don't know, but he never went to claim his prize? And that's how many Americans live. We know that Jesus died on the cross. We even believe that he died on the cross for our sins. We might even believe that God has a plan for our lives. But if you don't know Jesus personally, you haven't placed your faith in him, meaning you haven't shifted your trust from your good works, shifted your trust from your church attendance, shifted your trust from hoping it all works out in the end to what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross and asked him to be your personal savior, then you're in the same situation as those demons that believe the information, but they don't know him. It is good news. 
but it's not your good news. But you can make it your good news. The Bible tells us how, and I'm going to read you this verse so you know I'm not making this up. It's in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Saved from what? Saved from God's wrath. Saved from your sin. For with the heart one believes and is justified. There's that word again. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Let me ask you at the beginning of the service, why do we do some of the traditions we do? Let me ask you this. Why are you here tonight? Maybe it's just what you do. Maybe it's just like it's Christmas Eve, we've got to go to a church service, they're close, or some of my friends there, we're going to meet for lunch, families, whatever reason. Maybe, maybe that's why. Or maybe God has you here for a reason, and he wants to change your life. Maybe he wants to start a relationship with you. And he tells us how to do that in this verse. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. If maybe, maybe you've never heard this news before, or maybe you're familiar with this news, but you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior. And Jesus, and today, he want, he's inviting you to have a relationship with him. If you believe in your heart that he died for your sins, he's saying, then confess with your mouth that I'm Lord. That means ask him to take over your life. Invite him into your life to be your Lord, to be your Savior. And if you'd like to do that right now, will you just pray this prayer with me? With everybody here having their heads bowed and their eyes closed, it's in the spirit of prayer. Will you pray these words with me? Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I believe that your son, Jesus Christ, died for my sins. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking on God's wrath. You see, that had to happen. It's not just that God's an angry God. He's a just God. He can't just look the other way because if somebody's got to pay, either you pay for all of eternity for your sins or, or Jesus paid. And if you believe that Jesus paid for your sins... Will you call upon him to be your Lord right now? Will you surrender your life to him and ask him to be your Savior? And just say, just say, right now I ask Jesus Christ to be my Savior. And if you just prayed those words, would you just pop your hand up and just let me know? Are you praying for you? You see people popping their hands up all around the room? It looks like you're telling God, God, I just prayed that prayer. I want you to be my Savior and just pop your hand up. I see other hands popping up. Thank you for popping your hand up. And we don't ask you to, you don't have to do anything here as a result of that, but I would ask you, would you tell someone before you go to sleep tonight that you prayed that prayer tonight? Maybe somebody who attends this church or, or, or maybe somebody on your way out that you see is, is volunteering here or call somebody if you think that they've been praying for you. That's the greatest decision you could ever make. And, and if you'd be bold enough, we'd love it if you'd let us know as a church. You have a little card on the worship programs that are out on the table if you didn't get one on your way in. And uh, we'd love to send you some information to help you grow in a relationship with Jesus. Let me continue to pray. Father God, thank you for those here that know your son Jesus. Thank you for being our good news. Would you allow us to experience that joy and that peace that you give? In some cases, that surpasses all understanding. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.